Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Facebook has invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. Over the last few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts. Learn more about their ongoing work at about.fb.com safety. Hey, everybody. I was thinking about uh, the pandemic and uh, the isolation and the loneliness that people feel because of being uh, socially distanced for an excessive amount of time. And I thought about that because I saw a article, I read an article, article talking about the isolation that people feel and how it exacerbate, exacerbates <laughs> the um the feelings of depression and loneliness that people can have, and even the unfortunate number of uh, suicides that have occurred because of the lack of social interaction and how depression can set in and people who already have uh, anxieties or depression, it can be compounded by just the distance between... um, between people that the the interactions that you no longer have in society and it made me it made me think about um how fortunate i was to i am to have a family that i get along with both in my household and a family that i can that i can talk to um on the telephone and that i can reach out to and i can still feel that connection so i'm thankful for connection both inside of my house and outside of my house where i don't feel isolated. I'm thankful that um, my personality being somewhat introverted um, uh, by choice, I choose not to go out just because I I enjoy my home. I enjoy the things that are in my home. I enjoy the people that are in my home and I always have growing up. So uh, I'm thankful for that. But what it really kind of kind of shifted my mind to was for a great number of years um, in my life that I was aware of, I've read about the the damaging psychological effects of solitary confinement. And the story that stands out most uh, poignantly in my mind is the story of Khalif Browder. And that's a story that um, happened. Khalif Browder was a young man who was arrested for stealing a book bag allegedly stealing a book bag and was sent to Rikers Island. I think he spent a total of three years in Rikers Island uh, where he was beaten and where he was, uh, you know, kept in solitary confinement for excessive time frames and beaten up by guards and beaten up by other inmates, beaten up by other inmates under the instruction of the guards. And he spent three years there. And the bulk of that was because he couldn't afford to pay the bail. He hadn't been... I don't believe he had been prosecuted or anything. He hadn't had his 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 jail his uh court date yet. But all this stuff had happened to him while he was in there. And subsequently, because of the the trauma that he suffered there and the psychological trauma that he had from all the extended time he had in isolation from other people, from other inmates, and from his family, when he got out some years later, he unfortunately committed suicide. I believe it was a direct result of the time that he spent in 
prison. I believe it was a 100% direct result of that time. Now, I don't believe they ever proved that he, he did take the book, book bag, but that, that doesn't even matter. He spent all that excessive time there essentially because he could not afford to pay bail. If he could afford to pay bail, then he would have been out of jail until that court date. Um, it's It's unfortunate... To say the very least, unfortunate seems so minor. This this person is gone. His family's gone. And there was a, a documentary, I think, produced by Jay-Z or a company that was owned by Jay-Z produced the documentary about Khalif Browder. And the tragic thing about it was, I believe there was a settlement after his death. And after that, the uh, his, I believe it was either his biological father or his uh adopted father or stepfather rather was like basically he he made a cash grab to get the money and it was a whole bunch of bunch of unfortunate stuff going on between his family meanwhile his mother had a very significant heart condition where her heart was operating at i believe at that time during the documentary it was at 25 percent or below and unfortunately she subsequently died maybe two years after after that um documentary was aired but it it reminded me and it kind of reinforced the value of community uh the value of interactions with people and what it kind of reminded me of in addition to those things was there's a scripture in the bible that talks about don't forsake the um the assembly of the saints that's not a direct quote but it's not it's basically to say that the don't forsake the the assembly of people to get around like-minded or not like-minded people to um to affirm your position or to affirm the community position uh or just to to fellowship one with another in regard to in regard to the bible but um in regard to uh the bible and church church services as we understand them uh i think it's interesting because for the longest time, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm comfortable being by myself. I'm comfortable being alone. So that's not a huge deal. But I also recognize the value of community, the value of having these networks. Because when I went through um, a very difficult time for me personally, relationship wise, I knew, I knew that I knew what would happen. I knew that I would begin to get depressed thinking about the issue that I could not change and there was nothing I could do. I couldn't, you know, pray it away. I couldn't buy it away. I couldn't wish it away. So the situation that I had to had to go through, I knew that what would help me the most so I wouldn't fester and basically become so depressed that I might do something irrational. I don't know. I knew that I had to get out and get around other people, people who didn't feel how I felt, people who had a, who had a different vantage point that could pull me out without even knowing that they were pulling me out, just by having me engage with them, just by having me identify with them and be seen by them. So I think about that. I thought about that when I was watching the Khalif Browder story, because there was very few people until after he had gotten out that could reach out to him and connect him and pull him out of that place physically. Uh, but there were even fewer people who could pull him out of that place psychologically because even though he was physically free, psychologically, he became imprisoned by those thoughts, imprisoned by those fears, imprisoned by those anxieties. And the, the, over, the overarching 
looming fear that they could throw him back in there should they find him guilty of that crime. That's a terrible thing to have over your head all that time simply because you could not afford bail. They'd never, never, uh, like I said, I don't believe he was convicted of it or even prosecuted. Um, that would be a conviction. But um, it's, it's extremely unfortunate because so many people are so insensitive about the the prison system about solitary confinement so so many people are so callous and say well oh you shouldn't have done the crime as if to say that if you are convicted of a crime whatever then happens to you is a-okay solitary confinement psychological torture uh, physical abuse violation whatever happens they you shouldn't have done the crime and i'm like well i mean if we are a an advanced society are we saying if I steal a car stereo, I deserve to to be mentally driven to the point of suicide or worse? You know, if I if I remain alive, am I, is it OK for me to be driven to the point of um, disconnection with with my conscious self disconnection with uh, the, the world as we know it? I don't think that that equates, but people take that stance. And it's very offensive to me because people how, how do you not care? I've never been in prison. I don't have, you know, a dog in the game. But I do know that human humanity is worth more than just throwing people away. I, I don't know what all the answers are, but I know the answers are not to throw people away. You can't just throw people like they're trash away. We're here. You know, we're human beings. We can't do that to each other. Whatever the answers may be to resolving our differences, I know that it's not throw them away, try burn them up or whatever the case may be, make them disappear. That's not the, that's not the answer. Tuck it in the back room. That's not the answer for it. So it was disheartening to hear people who are in that same position. You know, the difference is where during the pandemic, you can still go out and you can still branch out and you can still, you still have your freedoms, but to have the isolation of solitary confinement on top of the physical confinement, you physically can't go anywhere. And uh, it, it makes it even worse. But that made me think about the people who are disabled or the handicapped pe- people or the people who just are housebound. How how terrible that has to be for those people. I don't know anyone personally who's housebound, but I think that after seeing those things, I would have reached out to them because it is an isolating experience to not be able to go outside and even communicate with people or even interact with people it's an isolating experience and i can only imagine what that would be like if you physically by way of uh your body being unable to or if you physically could not by way of um people who have rule over you you could not move about and you could not interact and you could not um could not even just have lunch with people it's it's a terrible thing. So I'm I'm thankful for the position that I have where I, I do have the ability to the ability to go out and move and connect with people and to to be a part of society in a way that is fulfilling to me and I pray fulfilling for those who I'm interacting with. But I, I think that you know, I don't I don't know what, what I could offer. I offer, you know, beyond beyond my prayer that we find a way to to express our humanity in a much more tangible way that we find a way to um, 
allow people who aren't able to leave the home to to be able to communicate and to interact with people so they don't feel so isolated and alone that if we could have uh, places in society for you know people to come out the elderly or the people who are infirm to to come out and just have time to interact with one another and have time to um, to be a part of you know society again. I pray that we we get to that point quickly. That that hopefully the vaccines that are out by the different companies Pfizer, uh, Merck, uh, Moderna, um, I think Johnson and Johnson has one now too. That all these vaccines do speed up that process, so we can feel like a part of society. But it also stre- stresses the importance of being a part of community. That we all are part of this this global community of humanity. That we do interact with one another and it doesn't just mean um i have to talk to you i have to be a part of part of this fabric because it all it all benefits us there's something to be said about you know having closeness and having conversation that's well and good but it's something to even be said about being around people it makes you feel more alive like you're more you're part of this uh you're part of this um microcosm of humanity i guess people who are people who are human people who breathe air and drink water just to be a part of life in general there's there's something to be said about that and there's something that we gain by by um interaction with those people who are also part of that same that same club so those are my my thoughts for today in regard to um yeah just that just that 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 comparison because it, it it was similar but it make it makes me it makes me hopeful that people can now recognize that we are all the same and that we all need the same things and that we are able to provide that for one another and that we're not so cold and just so isolated that we, we branch out because we, we can recognize a time in our, our life, in our lifetime where we could not freely uh, interact with one another and that we, we correct that in our daily lives that we, we push forward to try to connect and try to reach out to, people who we're able to. So those are my thoughts for today. You guys take it easy. Facebook has invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. Over the last few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts. Learn more about their ongoing work at about.fb.com safety.